Amanda and I'm Kristen and we are the extra sisters so sit back relax and let's get creepy welcome to episode 102 and in this episode we are going to be discussing the 2001 film the others starring Nicole Kidman I think it's Nicole Kidman yeah Mm -hmm. Nicole Kidman which she's a big time actress so anytime you see a big time actress in horror films it's probably going to be either one artsy two (laughs) Uh really long Uh Or three really good. So, (laughs) right, One of those three is about to happen here. And I have been meaning to watch this for years. I just never got around to it. I'm so excited to hear your opinion. Why? Do you like this film? You know, it's kind of probably less than a five for me if we were getting around to grading right now. But it's just such, it's one of those movies that once you get to the twist, everyone, oh my God, the others. So, okay. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. So this is interesting because I have a lot of opinion. Oh, we're going to get into the religious talk again. Oh, yeah. Welcome to happen. an Exorcisters episode where we talk about religion for 20 minutes and that has nothing to do with the episode, but this time it does. So it does. Yeah. Kind of. I mean, different times, but it's so funny because I love her daughter and we'll talk about her daughter in a minute, but basically this is about a family in 19 something. <laughs> I'm doing great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm off to a great start. We're in the final days of world war two. So that's, that's the era we're in here. And <laughs> man, I'm off to a great start. Thank you for hanging in there. And it's not 1945. Okay, thank you. Thank oh, you. Yay, there we go. Yep. <laughs> this family, Sans' father, because he has gone off to war for England, because we are in England, right? Yeah, England. Yeah. And kind of. We're actually in Spain, but it does say that we're in New Jersey. When we start right out, it says New Jersey. In Jersey. I wonder yeah. if that's officially in the Balwick of Jersey is British Crown Dependency near the coast of Normandy, France. Okay, perfect. So yeah. it's by the France side. Dude, north, near the coast of Normandy, so they got fucked. <sighs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah, they did. But I in the trivia, just because we're talking about it, they had a funny little quote that I wanted to remember because it was funny. So they were talking about how this is very, all kinds of different cultures. So we actually have an Australian actress playing a British woman, and it is done by a Spanish director <laughs> that is set in Jersey, but is actually filmed in Spain. <laughs> it's like all crazy. Yeah. So the country is Spain. The language is English, but it's set in Jersey. So there's a shit ton of stuff going on. But this family has two kids that have a rare photosensitivity disease. So this poor woman, first of all, these houses are always so beautiful. I know I say that, but like all the oh, haunted yeah. houses are like oh, the best. They live without electricity, and it got cut off by the Germans, she said, so they just decided to get used to it. Right. So, you know. And 
she's a single mom, of course, because her husband went away to war and he's been gone for a year and a half and he just never came back. So you can assume that he is dead. Right. And because of their photosensitivity in this giant house, they live in pretty much complete darkness, except they are little oil lamps, which is... I would say sad. It's just kind of what they have to get used to. They're, you know, I, it's right. not really sad. The fact that they can live at all is good. It's sad for the kids because they're pretty much vampires. Like they can only go outside at night. And that's mm-hmm. when you think about their future, it's like they can never like go out and meet people. Right. Like how do you get married, have a social life, to go to school? You don't. You just don't. Right. Exactly. It's sad. So for whatever reason, which we know later, but her hired help has just up and left. No explanation, no nothing. So in the beginning, this group of three, this woman named Bertha, a gardener named Mr. Tuttle, and a mute girl named Lydia arrive at the home and they're going to take up the roles as the hired help. And super weird, but they said they worked at the house many years ago and they just wanted to return to the home and, you know. And also, Grace is super matriarch. Like, she is strict, Mm -hmm. you know. And she has to be because, you know, her children could die if somebody leaves the curtains open. You have to close the door behind you because you can't let the light in from the previous room. You know. Yeah, exactly. I get she it. She has to be vigilant, but damn. Yeah. She's also kind of a bitch. She's also creepy religious. I agree with you that it's a different time, but this is more like 1800s sense of religion, maybe not 1940s. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's like all she's clinging to at this point. I don't know, because her daughter calls her out on her shit a lot. <laughs> Yeah, she does. And I have some points to make. <laughs> Let me tell you, which I'm sure is not surprising because I've been consuming a lot of atheist content recently. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> don't tell my mom. And <laughs> I'm almost 28, but please don't tell my mom. I'm like this girl, you know, I'm like, except I'm the 28 year old version. Like, uh, she's going to make me read Bible verses if you tell her. oh speaking of i know this is super beside the point but my facebook memories came up today and i posted something in like 2012 that like i don't remember what i said but i was like i'm just gonna do street singing and live in a van and get a bunch of tattoos oh my god i love that change my hair color all the time and she was like okay just please don't get tattoos (laughs) it was literally in the list mom I didn't do any of that except for get tattoos. And that was the one thing she, she's like, you can have blue hair and travel in a van and street thing. Just don't get tattoos. I am a like a fairly like semi successful professional that owns a house and is stable. But the <laughs> like, only all I thing, heard was get tattoos. The only thing she didn't want me to do is get tattoos. And that's all I did. <laughs> Anyways, I have mommy and daddy and religious issues it's great <laughs> so this one really triggered me so anyway now we have this new help that has come in from 
wherever because later we find out she posted an ad in the newspaper but it never actually got to the newspaper because the mailman didn't actually pick it up so then they were just like well we just came by because we just wanted to see the house again and you just happen to be looking for help so here we are and she was just fine with that right okay she's like i really fucking need the help she's like you know you know the house already it's fine i'd be like you're fucking stalkers get out (laughs) right exactly i was doing this by myself for like i don't know what she said like a week or two i will continue to figure it out like right i can cook and take care of my kids goodbye but no she's like okay it's fine so this is obviously a supernatural movie. So the kids are seeing weird things pretty much right off the bat. Her daughter, Anne is the, we kind of discussed a second ago, the rebellious one. I guess you could say she kind of sees things and talks about them, but of course her mother's really religious. And so that's all sacrilege. There's no Mm -hmm. ghosts because that's anti Bible. Which Well, also, ghosts only come about with rattling chains. That's funny. Yeah, because that actually shows, like, what she's been reading about mm-hmm. what we knew, what they, or the information she had about ghosts back then was sheets and rattling chains, which is funny. And then the only yeah. things that were in graves were skeletons. Right. Ghosts weren't actual beings, like people-looking beings, you know, spirits that we know them as now. Yeah. But then shit tends to happen, you know. Anne says she sees a little boy named Victor who says that the house is theirs. And Anne's like, no. So there's kind of this, like, Anne and this little boy Victor kind of have, like, a war going on (laughs) of whose house is whose house. And, you know, that's... But nobody wants to listen to Anne. Well, no. She's just a crazy little girl who is rambunctious and gets into things. Causes problems. Exactly. And then one day, or one night, I don't know days and nights here because they're always in the dark. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But they have this, I made a note, they're reading this story from the Bible. And these children don't deny Christ and so you know they say yes we are believers in Jesus and they get their heads chopped off for it and the children start laughing and this isn't like that pertinent to the story of the movie really it just kind of shows how religious that she is yeah and they start laughing it is important for the story because once you figure out the ending it's incredibly scary for her that's true that's true but they start laughing and she's like, um, what is so funny? <laughs> and they say, well, those kids are dumb. Those kids are stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, what would you have done then? Deny Christ as to not get, you know, to save yourselves? And they're like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they're like, and then she tells them that children that lie and deny Christ, where do they go? And the children talk about the hell for children being limbo and yeah, a hell for children that is fucking wrong 
don't tell your kids that's that. what i'm saying and like she ha- makes them like talk about it and tell her you know i was like oh scaring children with a level of hell for you know saying that they yeah. like christ to avoid getting their heads chopped off i hate that so much and because people yeah. still weaponize hell to children i mean that's why i am so terrified that i have such a problem with religion because like hell yeah. was used against me as a child well, especially because we find out later that her daughter has been baptized. The only reason, quote unquote, there would be a hell for children is if they're not baptized, right? Her daughter is baptized. What the fuck has your, I don't know, what, 10, 11 year old done to go to hell? Nothing. She's that's fine. exactly what, like, her kid gets in trouble later and has to recite Bible verses. And she's like, oh, yeah. And limbo is only for unbaptized children. I'm baptized. And, like... Mm-hmm you know uses that against her i just hate using hell as a fear tactic for children because exactly like i was taken to this thing called this is so bad please do not take your children to this this was so traumatic like i don't use i know i throw the word trauma around but i think that more things traumatize us than we think they do realize Yeah. yeah this was actually traumatic for me i was 12 years old. I was in the seventh grade and it was October. So I had not yet turned 13. Our church took us to something called hell house. That's what it was called. I was, it was around Halloween. Oh my God. This was so, I literally am thinking about this and I, my literally jaws hanging open right now. And I'm sorry, I'm going on a tangent, but I think this is really important to me to talk about. And this is the perfect episode to do it. I'm just sitting here listening because I know what you're going to say and those places are fucking fucked up. So did you ever go to one? No, I just know like from pop culture and, you know, society on what they are and what they do there. It was put on by other kids too. And that's so gross. Other youth groups put this on for like younger youth groups. So fucking adults made kids do this shit for other kids. That's fucked up. Oh, I'm mad. Okay, I'm mad. Go. Okay. So... Basically, and the fact that I have like poor long-term memory, except I don't, I have a lot of trauma blocking. Let me just start there. (laughs) Um, I actually talked about this in therapy yesterday. And so the fact that I remember this is not good. Let me just preface that. That means it's a, anyways, (laughs) my therapist would have things to say. So (laughs) you go in and I'm sure some people would disagree with me that this shaped who they are and what they believe, but that's, that's Fear shaping. Okay. Okay. So you go in and the first thing that starts with is this, like, it shows you like these, these fucking videos made of like angels flying around in the clouds and like getting into heaven and this, this harp music and you know, everything that fucking Christians think I'm not, Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't care if you're Christian, but like the typical like heaven is up in the clouds and the right. early gates and like I don't know who and wings idea and harps angels and Christians that it yeah or angels and heaven that is but that kind of typical stereotypical heaven and then it takes you through these different rooms and they're different like trailers and shipping crates that are connected basically and I'll tell you what I what I remember one of them was this room of them showing this kid being bullied for being homosexual and it being a sin. 
And oh, my, by, so so was it okay that he was being bullied, or was the bullying a sin? I can't. I, I mean, I can guess which way it went. It was the homosexuality that was a sin, not the. Oh my god! I fucking ugh. Uh, yeah, like continue. he was being alienated for being. And that was okay. Homosexual. Like he should be. Yeah, homosexual. Yeah. You should beat him up. I That's mean, fucked up. I don't remember what the resolution was. I don't think that they were saying you should bully the, but the whole point was all of these things were sins that lead to hell. So keep that yeah. in mind. Okay. Okay. And then there was, I really only remember like two, there was, okay. I remember three of the major rooms. Well, and then the end one, another room was an abortion simulation. That is so fucked up. Except it wasn't because they were just pulling out bloody baby parts. And that's not how an abortion works. And the woman was screaming and crying. That was giving, doing me. Oh my God. As someone who has a fucked up relationship with sex as it is, that's really messed up. You just messed up so many kids. Oh, tell me about it. (laughs) Yeah. And that's not how an abortion works, by the way. They don't just pull out arms and legs and shit. Mangled pieces of that's not how that fucking works and then the woman that was having the abortion literally was throwing her head back and like screaming in pain like that's not how that works and also all yeah, these but rooms, now all those kids think that's how it works correct remember 12 years old okay and the rooms are also like dimly lit with like red like lights and like stroby effects and like like horrible. it's hell correct yeah but we actually go to hell at the end so keep oh, this mind. isn't, I just assumed this was hell, like you're living the same thing over and over again type thing. Nope. Nope. No. These are just things that get you to hell. And then at the oh. end, the last room is hell. Okay. 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 This is just, you're going in lines through these rooms. Don't do these things. Got it. One of the last ones, this wasn't the only, these weren't the only ones. These are just the ones that must have just really stuck with me. One of the mm-hmm. last ones was this girl that was supposed to be about the same age oh this one literally might make me cry this was how bad this affected me because i trigger warning trigger warning trigger warning and then we so skip past maybe about two or two minutes i'll make this quick was being abused by her father and there was a big fight scene with her and her father and then she went and and i really struggled with self-harm from when I was 12 to when I was about 22 and I still struggle with the urges sometimes, but I've been clean for a a lot of years with cutting and she went into the next room and she slit her wrists and it was really gory and it was a suicide sin. Oh my fucking God. She got on the floor and she started screaming and she slit her wrists and they had a razor and they had some sort of fake blood and she she slit her wrists and that was like the ultimate sin was suicide and like you can can you tell like how much that affected me (laughs) i i can i'll take it aside for a second let you compose like i can just imagine how many kids went through there or worked these booths or whatever and they are just messed up now like they are emotionally fucked up now yeah and then the last room was you go into it was really hot shocking i know (laughs) the whole room was red and it was this they had made hell and of course it was fire and people were dressed up as demons and they would harass you and yell in your face and like we had to sign our parents had to sign waivers for this i think obviously because we were seeing really disturbing imagery and my mom 
came. Like, my mom was with me. I don't know if she realized, though. We haven't really ever talked about this. So I don't, I'm not. She didn't explain any of that to you afterwards? I don't remember if I'm blocking it out or not, to be perfectly Mm, honest with you. But I never went back. I'll tell you that right now. She never took me again. And Okay, that's good. And I know that it was an option, I think. Thank you to my mom because yeah. I think that is one of those things that you only need to see once. Actually, you never need to see it at all. Ever. Not, yeah, that's. But I'm just no, saying, that's... like, if if you ever did take your child, God, <laughs> right. please fucking don't. But I don't even know if there's still a thing. I really fucking I hope that they have been protested. Like, I hope that people have taken dismantled. No, they're definitely still a thing. God damn it. But yeah, so there. I mean, there. This hell room, literally. We were all sobbing and holding each other by the end of this, Kristen. 12-year-olds, 13-year-olds. We were all, like, clutching each other and sobbing because we wanted so badly to not end up there. I don't get it. Aren't there scary enough things on this earth, this fucking planet? Why do we have to worry about what's going to fucking happen afterwards? Why do you have to scare the fuck out of your kids? And that's why I... Uh, not this instance in particular, but that whole culture is why I have such a hard time now as an adult. Like, you know, like, because that's the kind of fear that religion and Christianity, like I was raised in Christianity, but has like, if you're wrong, look at where you're going. You know, it's like safer to be, a fake Christian and be wrong than it is to be a happy atheist. You know what I mean? That's, I think that there should have been a room for the people that set that shit up because you're going to hell. Like if anybody actually goes to hell out of that whole scenario, I hate to sound like a bitch right now because this is your church, but maybe the pastor because that's fucking wrong. I mean, you we should not traumatize like, people like that. We traveled like an hour to this. T- I think it was a Lutheran church that did it. I'm not saying all Lutherans. I'm just saying specifically, like, it wasn't even like I was Methodist. It was not a Methodist. Like, I'm not. It was like something we literally like. I don't know whose idea it was to take that's us. Say, to was this. it your mom's? Was it your church? No, it what? was like our. It was some. I literally have no idea who decided that we were going to do this because it was not something that we that our church did. It was not something that I even remember we did again. You know, I don't remember it ever being, I don't, I don't know why we did it this one time. I don't know. Maybe we never did it again because they were like, what the fuck? And they made a mistake. I literally have no idea. But unfortunately, if they did make a mistake, it was too late for me because it was super traumatizing for me. Like, if anything, I went the complete opposite and I was like, I will never participate in any of this. I, I guarantee you're not the only one. I no, I know I'm not because I know yeah. that I still have, I have friends that I was in that youth group with that do not participate in religion at all. Yeah. And I'm not saying it was because of that moment, but I am saying it's because of, of a lot of the teachings. You know what I mean? Yeah. And That's disgusting. I, That's emotional abuse and mental abuse. That's fucked up. And also for the girl that had to act out that, she was a teenager. Yeah. And I, I, I'm not, I I don't, I I have no idea who she was, but like, that's, 
maybe she felt like she was I, I think all of these kids thought they were doing a good thing you know yeah because sadly they have already been indoctrinated indoctrinated that's exactly what i was gonna say that's the fucked up part like if you are really just a christian believer and you want to you know be that to yourself that's fine but stop being so goddamn judgmental and terrifying to other people and doing this is indoctrinating your children it's causing them to not think of anything else or open their goddamn brains and that's wrong because us as humanity need each other to be as smart as humanly possible to get through some of these problems and you religion especially is causing people to hold back and it is wrong you know what's funny but not funny at all Hmm. i just googled hell house for youth groups you know what comes up the dallas Hmm. observer yeah. I mean, I was in Texas. I was in Dallas. And it says, Hell Houses are a cross between a haunted house and a timeshare sales. But it's like youth group teenagers laughed and chatted while wrenching their feet out of a trail of mud. And it's talking about for the 28th year, these teenagers and thousands more are coming to see Trinity Church in Cedar Hill's annual Hell House, a fall favorite tradition for some utterly disturbing experience for others. Basically, a hell house is a conservative Christian version of a haunted house. Naturally, there are no ghosts or ghouls in a hell house, only demons looking to take your soul. Like, you realize, do these people realize that pride, pride is the number one sin, right? Like, that is it. That is the the sin that Lucifer had. And them taking this on as, quote unquote, Jesus or doing Jesus's work is nothing but pride. And you're going to hell. Dude, this is literally the one we went to. This is it. Oh, my God. I remember because they're not, they're not. They've been around for 30 years. They're not people making fun of the homosexual. Demons followed us. That's what it was. Dude, maybe this is why I have such a fucking problem with demons. They're maybe. demons that follow you around. I remember because that's fucked up. Yeah, dude. Okay, so listen to this. They're saying the video ends and then you're herded into a group for the rest of the Hell House proper. A siren blares over high-pitched screams and laugh as members of the group are gathered, bearing in filed rooms, and you go silent. Several teenagers. So like, oh, look, Jimmy boy, this one's alive. Make her beg Jimmy. Like they literally say that kind of stuff. Be a man. Do the world a favor. Take out the garbage yourself. So demons are taunting these, like taunted her to commit suicide. So it's basically saying like demons are taunting him to be homosexual, taunting her to commit suicide, taunting her to have an abortion. These are all the works of demons. I'm ready. Let's go protest. Dude. (laughs) Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. So that's the hell house that I went to. And that's what comes up on the Dallas Observer. So I'm literally like six. Oh God, that's a whole well, memory. <laughs> thank you, people, for traumatizing even more and uh, for being so goddamn judgmental, even though it's not your fucking place, and um, being just terrible human beings. Thanks. Don't take your kids to that. I think it's like that came up as like a Texas thing and a Dallas thing, and only that one church in like Cedar Hill or whatever. But I'm sure there are versions of it. I'm sure if that was like the pioneering one, other people have made versions of it because that is exactly the one I went to that that article was written about. And that was written in 2018 and I went back in 2006 or whatever, 2005. 30 years of traumatizing kids. Yay. Thank you. I appreciate that. Anyways, we're not talking about my religious trauma, but... (laughs) We are talking about this movie, but the reason I brought it up is because her daughter, Anna. So they're talking about denying Christ so their heads don't get chopped off. And she basically separates them so they need to memorize this Bible lesson. And her kids are terrified to be separated, especially her son, who is 
really like a mama's boy. He doesn't like to be alone. He doesn't like to be away from his sister or his mom. And when they're separated, she hears a scream, but she doesn't know who the scream is from. She goes and checks on her son and then she goes and checks on her daughter and neither one of them were screaming or crying. Like it sounded like somebody was crying. Yeah, but they're totally fine. But yeah, but they're, they're, they're totally chill. And then Anna's like, there are others in this house. There's a woman, a man, a child. There's another older woman. Like there are people here. And of course she's like, you're speaking bullshit child. Like, you know, (laughs) there's nobody else here. And then, you know, of course, things start ramping up on a psychological, psychological, on a paranormal spectrum. (laughs) See, I'm all up in my psyche now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm all fucked up, you guys. So Grace is the mother and she starts like, you know, she doesn't really start believing right away. But after Anne claims to have seen people in the house and claiming the house is theirs, she does start to kind of hear footsteps and voices and then she kind of gets the servants involved and she's like, okay, we got to search the house. And when she starts actually looking through the house, I don't know why, like when I move into a house, I fucking look around, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. She finds a book of the dead and it's like a photo album of, you know how like they say when people died, they took their pictures. Yeah. It's the 10 types of the dead. Yeah. And she asked Mrs. Mills about it. And she's like, yeah, you know, tuberculosis. That's, there was like a lot of dead people because of that. Right. But you can tell this is, this is an old fucking house. There are generations upon generations of pictures there of who knows how many families that lived in this house. Yeah. I mean, it's for sure haunted. Like it's the 1930s, but this (laughs) thing has been there for, it literally like 1800. Like I know that that's not nearly as long from the 1940s as now, but you know. It's still an old fucking house. You can tell from the outside. It's an old fucking house. I would buy something like that so fast. Agreed. Like, I would probably have it blessed first. Like, I know (laughs) I just talked about my problems with religion, but, like, still, you know. Yeah. Not just by, like, a priest, but just, like, by, you know, just cleansing. But Mm -hmm. still, I would totally buy that house. It's huge, too. Mm-hmm. It's like this big square massive box of a shit ton of rooms but anyways so there's a one night when grace actually she's starting also this is when her face starts to come undone too mm-hmm. like imagine you literally believe the bible word for word she doesn't think that they're stories right she thinks that it's black and white which is Okay, but, you know, (laughs) when you think that it's black and white, it literally says there's no, like, you go up, you go down. Like, there's no lingering, you know. The only people that linger are children in limbo, apparently, which is still hell. Like, it's not, that's, that's hell. It's not the limbo that we think we're just hanging out. That's hell. And Well, it depends on the religion. Back then, it may have actually been Catholicism, and there is a limbo that you, everyone has to go to. For a little bit, at least. They said it's like the fourth level of hell. Yeah, I don't understand that part where she's saying there were four sections, but eh. It's almost like they're talking about, like, Dante. But she says it's, like, very hot. So they're talking about hell. (laughs) There you go. 
but she sees the she witnesses a piano playing by itself and then she's like okay we're haunted you know and yeah because she specifically tells them right in the beginning you don't play the piano i don't like loud noises don't let my children fuck with it which just get rid of i guess you can't just like come get have a truck pick it up i don't know <laughs> <laughs> right but she there she has a lock for it and the reason yeah. she gets so freaked out is because she walks in there, she closes it, she locks it, and then the ghosties are like, no. Or are they ghosties? You know? Right. Yeah. But they open it and start playing it. And then basically when she goes back in there, they close the door and she falls over and she's like, fuck. You know? <laughs> and, right. you know, the woman comes down. Mrs. Her name is Bertha. Mrs. Mills. Mills, yeah. Bertha Mills comes down and she's freaking out. Not Bertha. Grace is freaking out. So she is now basically convinced that there are. I mean, she's not pretty much shy of seeing it. She's heard something play, it just slammed the door on her. So at this point, she is going to get a priest. I mean, I would. You know, right. Or do something. Except he was supposed to come last week and never showed up. Weird. Weird. Weird things. <laughs> Before leaving, Grace tells Mr. Tuttle to check a small cemetery to see if there was a family buried there who had a little boy named Victor. But then you get really suspicious, a little sus of the three of them because they know about a cemetery and they're hiding it from her. Right. So you're like, oh, y'all are going to, y'all are the ones that are bringing them or something. Like, I'd never seen this, so I didn't know. So you initially think that they're the ones that are causing this, or at least they're there to aid whatever others are here mm -hmm. to inflict terrible things upon this family or help them inhabit this house or get this family out. Or you don't really know what their agenda is yet, but you know, it's... Right. Something. Question. Yeah. Since you hadn't seen this before, did you know the ending? No. Really? Did so that was an actual twist for you? The only ending I know that really pisses you off is the orphanage. No, not the orphan. The orphan. The orphan. No, you're, I'm just curious because no. I had only seen this one, one other time and it was interesting to rewatch it knowing the ending. So it's nice to hear from you who has the fresh set of eyes on not knowing what's no, going I, on. No, I didn't know the ending. So I assumed that the three of them were there to do the bidding of the others. Okay. So, like, I assume that they were coming there to get the family out of the house or, like, my other thought process was to, like, make them part of the others to okay. possess the children, perhaps, because they kept saying the children will be easy to convince, but she'll mm -hmm. be difficult to convince. So right. I was like, okay, maybe got to lower the walls to inhabit them or something, you know. Mm -hmm. That was kind of my thought process there. Okay. Because they're definitely, because Lydia the mute, she's like shaking her like, this has happened to you. What has happened to you? Write it down. Write it down. Tell me. Yeah. You know. Huh. So. Interesting. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. But when she goes out, they even say like, she won't get very far because of the fog. The fog won't let her get very far. When she goes out into the fog, she's trying to, of course, get to the priest. And she finds her husband, Charles. And he says, I've been trying to find home. And you're right. like, did the others. And then my thought process, 
process on that was, oh, he's dead. Because I thought, you know. He's coming out of the dead fog. Yeah, the Doesn't I thought know. that the others created him to distract her from her actual mission of bringing a priest. Okay. Home. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he was kind of a that's why he was like so deadpan and not actually there. Like I was like, "Oh, he's not actually real. He's just a distraction." Got it. Okay. That's why he's not like a whole person. Kind yeah, of. he's very confused, he seems. Exactly. And that's kind of why I was like, oh, he's just a creation. Like a, not a figment of her imagination. Because I didn't think at first when he went to looking on the kids, at first I was like, oh, they're not going to be able to see him. And then they did. And I was like, interesting. And I, you know, because your brain starts yeah. kind of going. You're like, why can they see him? Is he really dead? What's yeah. going on? But then on? I was like, well, they can see Victor. So maybe this is mm-hmm. all just the work of the house, you know? Right. So... But she brings him back and Charles greets the children and he's just very distant and he just basically goes to bed. And then the she has like this dress for her daughter that she's made. It looks like a first communion dress to me. It is. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. I Look, I was right. Um, the only reason I know that is because we don't have first communions in uh, Protestant or at least Methodists don't and Presbyterians don't, which are the two I'm familiar with. We just start taking communion pretty much immediately. Oh, she does mention it at one point uh, when she's trying it on. But yes, it is her first communion yeah. dress. But I knew I actually went to my friend Annie's first communion. Ha, huh, which means she is Catholic. I was right. Annie? <laughs> no, not Annie. I was thinking of the oh. story. When I was saying that they might be Catholic and that everybody goes to limbo and stuff like that. Sorry. Continue. Yes. <laughs> you went to Annie's first communion. And I knew that it was like the big thing. She took classes mm-hmm. and got dressed up and everything. So, but yeah. Yeah. So she put her in this dress and then she comes back and she tells her like, don't sit on the floor. Don't lean on the wall. It's like this very pretty white dress. It can get dirty. So what does she do as a kid? Sit on the floor. <laughs> but when her mom comes back in. She sees this old spooky looking woman has like inhabited her daughter. And so she starts like saying, you're not my daughter. Give me back my daughter and throwing her around. And then when she sees her again, it is her daughter and her daughter's terrified of her. I mean, obviously she's been beaten up on her daughter. Right. But we find out that this is the second time she's beaten up on her daughter. Yeah. Something, something happened last time. You know, the last time. They keep saying the last time, but they don't actually broaden that explanation until the end. Yep. And later, you know, she goes to tell her dad, and he's super mad. Like, he, well, he's he's just, like, more, like, disgusted and alarmed and, like, what the fuck? Right, exactly. Have you been doing this to my children the whole time I've been gone? Yeah. Which she's been this very put together matriarch this whole time. But has she? Right. The illusions kind of shatter, which I totally understand. I'm not like mothers have a really difficult job, especially stay at home moms and moms where there's an absent father for whatever reason. And especially once she, her husband went off to war and she's assuming he's dead. Or missing. Yeah, because we've seen her, before he even came back, smelling his clothes and just crying. How is she expected to just hold her shit together all the time with no one? The Mm -hmm. only people she interacts with are essentially these hired help strangers. 
Right. That's super sad. So, you know, I'm not saying it's justified at all to be violent to your children, but you do see that illusion coming unraveled, you know. Mm-hmm. So he says he must leave for the front, even though Grace is like the war's over. And then they get in bed together and he's gone the next day. But yeah. you know what else is gone the next day? The curtains. Yes, they had been mentioning, the ghosts had been mentioning for a while that they were going to get rid of the curtains, and then they're just gone. All of them, in every single fucking room. So the ghosts seem to want to harm them, right? Right. Except, you know, why, I mean, it just, they're letting in all the sunlight, and then Grace accuses the servants of removing the curtains and says, you'll have to leave. And she's like losing it, and they're real chill. They're like, the uh, they did it. We didn't do anything, you know. Right. And they're but also maybe the kids don't have this disease anymore. You should test it out. They're trying to. They sa- seem like they're being really malicious and like really nonchalant, but you find out later they're not. <laughs> mm-hmm. But her husband just left. Her children could die. I mean, you obviously she's losing it a little bit you know right but that night the children sneak out Anne is still terrified of her mother and she's she's like bye <laughs> and they find headstones in the cemetery that belong to the servants and you're like oh i knew they were sketchy you know right the children they actually the servants sneak up on them from behind one second <clears throat> i have something in my throat <clears> throat> the children run away basically Anna's like they're ghosts they're ghosts and her his her brother's like you keep lying to me you said ghosts only have sheets and chains and she's like no 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 I'm not lying to you they're ghosts like come on (laughs) so they run back to their mother who's in the house and she locks the servants out and the servants are like the others are in there they're going to find you like we can't help you from out here so and then the she also finds their photograph upstairs of them being yeah dead of tuberculosis <laughs> and so she knows they're dead the kids know they're dead but they do seem like they don't want to harm them but also a lot of ghosts we've seen in movies are like I don't want to hurt you. Just let me in. And you're like, nah, fuck that. Don't let <laughs> They're them in. totally going to fucking kill me. Right? Yeah. <laughs> don't let them in. And so Grace tells the children to go upstairs and hide and don't let anybody in and make sure you stay together. And then while they're upstairs and Grace is still talking to the three downstairs, the children hear the old woman that possessed looked like she possessed the little girl earlier but it was just an illusion allegedly and allegedly she's like if i tell her what happened that night she'll help us and she'll go away and then grace hears them upstairs or i can't remember if she hears them or if the three say the others are already here with your children so she runs upstairs she walks in on a seance yeah there's the the three, the man, the woman, the child, and then the old woman, and then somebody else writing down everything she's saying. And Anne is whispering in her ear that 
like you know the automatic writing that you know seances do yeah. that grace smothered the children with a pillow and this is what Anne is whispering in her ear and then shot herself with a shotgun <laughs> right and then the others are the family the human like the alive people that moved into the house and that she and the kids are the dead ones and yes servants like the servants died in 1891 and then grace and the kids like sometime in the recent past died. yeah yeah like after she found out her husband died so like she just fucking lost it and killed her kids yes and then herself and she Nick, is a woman in white ghost. Yeah. Yeah. And then the the family that bought the house just wants them out. So they've hired this medium, which is why they've been like, like sometimes because then she's holding her children after this when they realize, you know, because she's like yeah. tearing up the papers and causing all of these scenes with the seance now because she doesn't want to hear it. You know, yeah, but the ending is so bittersweet because she does finally, they finally believe it. Even after yelling, "We're not dead, we're not dead, we're not dead," they finally believe it, and she just lays, sits down, and holds her kids, and she talks about what happened a little bit vaguely, and she mentions that she killed herself, and she goes, "But I thought it was all a dream because I got up and you guys were playing with the pillows like nothing had happened, and I just told myself I'd be a better mother." And it's like that's so. She brings her family back together, but at the same time, you're all dead. You're never going to see your husband again. And they know that. Things like that. It's really sad at the end, but also touching. Yeah, and the living family decides it's not worth living there, and they leave it to them. And she looks at Miss Mills, and, you know, Mrs. Mills was there to help them, you know. And yeah, says, she mentions, you know, there will be more, there will be others that come, and we'll just deal with it then. That's how it always has been. Yeah, sometimes we'll notice them, and sometimes we won't. Yeah. And you just live with them. And she basically says, this house is ours, over and over and over. Like, she's not going to be one of those ghosts that just, like, coexists with the living. No, she's going to make sure nobody else comes in this fucking house. Yeah. She's going to be a terrifying one. Uh, yeah. And Victor, the little kid, like, looks up at them when they're standing in the window watching the family leave. He knows. He's like, yeah. I, I see y'all. Y'all are fucking scary as shit. Right. Well, he's probably been the one in contact this whole time. I loved – this was my second time ever seeing it, so knowing the ending and rewatching it, I loved picking out the scenes going, what the fuck is this poor family dealing with, like, on the other end? <laughs> like, oh, you're in yeah. a room and all of a sudden all the fucking curtains close? Or one door opens and then you walk across, something walks across the room and the other one opens. Like, that's fucking weird. Or when they slammed the door on her and you think it's the ghost messing with Nicole Kidman, but it's actually vice versa. Like, no wonder they slam the door on you. Get the fuck out. Yeah, and she's like, all the doors must be closed behind you at all times. And she's just walking around closing all the fucking doors all the yes! time. Yes! This poor family. Yeah, I'd be like, I don't want to deal with it either. I'm good. <laughs> Yeah, and that's, you know, when you watch this the first time, it's one of those things where I honestly found it a little boring. Yeah, I bet. But then when you know the ending, it really lifts it a lot. Yeah, I'm pretty, I felt the same way when I first watched it. I was like, I mean, it's a good movie, but it's, that's interesting because I know I mentioned it a lot of times before, but that hundred scariest movie moments that I get a lot of my 
you know, quotes and interests and interesting facts on stuff. One of the people mentioned, you know, the others, it was interesting because basically what this guy said is it didn't affect him until it was like the third or fourth time he watched it. And that's kind of how I felt. Like the first time I watched it, I agree. It was pretty boring. The second time I watched it, watching all the nuances and stuff, it was much more fascinating. Yeah, I definitely like would rewatch this knowing it now and knowing all of those things. I think it would make it more interesting. Like mm-hmm. you said, watching it from like the other family's perspective, I'd be like, shit, yeah. dude. Like, exactly. It's it like it would have been interesting as like the others and then also the other others, like if they made <laughs> another movie and it was from right. the perspective of, but this is that that's been made so many times though. That's the thing. Exactly. Like, this is from the spirits perspective exactly the others if anything is at least incredibly unique like when have you ever seen this story played out this way never exactly I and that's why like at first I was like I mean it's like a three but then when you get the ending it definitely bumps it up to a four for me so yeah I I agree this is probably definitely a four for me I do have some trivia the other thing I wanted to mention is there's a quote that didn't mean anything to me the first time I, I heard it, but I wanted to, I wrote it down this time because it was so much more interesting and it was the little girl and it's fairly early into the film when she's talking about the ghost and she goes, I've seen the old lady the most. It's like, she doesn't look at you, but she can see you of like, she's the psychic mm, one. Yeah. It's interesting to hear it from that side. Yeah. Okay. Trivia. So Nicole Kidman actually quit this movie once because she couldn't handle the emotional things that it was putting her through. She didn't want to be in a scary movie at all. Interesting. It's not even that scary. I know. But she, interestingly enough, we were talking about religion. She is an incredibly religious person So in real life. So I'm sure that she struggled with this one. That's true. I'm sure, especially at the end when like the character's religion comes undone because she's like, what about heaven? And she's then she's like, I'm no wiser than you is what she tells her children. Yeah. Which I like. I I know I've said numerous times in the past that I believe that we just keep going in reincarnation. It just keeps going. But nobody really knows. I could get to the end and there could be nothing. Yeah. So this was the first film to receive the Best Film Award at the Goyas, which is Spain's National Film Awards, with no Spanish in it. None. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Alejandro Amambert, he is the Spanish director, and that's why it was actually a Spanish director that was funded by American Money. So it was kind of one of those cross films. He based a lot of this on his Catholic school education, and it's interesting to note now that he is an agnostic. Mm. And then the last trivia piece I have is, I don't know if you noticed in the credits in the beginning, but Tom Cruise was one of the executive producers. Oh. And yeah. And it's interesting to note that because this was actually the last collab that they did that Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise did together before their divorce. And their divorce was actually finalized the same week that this released. Oof. Yeah. Happy to be I'm sure me. she doesn't like this movie very much. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. It's really good, though. It is really good. That's all I have. The only things that I kind of neglected to mention when we were going through our more religious things, sorry, 
<laughs> it's funny because the girl, the her, the daughter is kind of speaks to me. It's she had them more going back to the the hell shaming real quick because I got off on Hill House for longer than I intended. I didn't really intend to at all, but <laughs> she has them close their eyes and imagine pain for eternity. Oh yeah, that was super fucked up. Come on, man. And then also she tells them not to believe the things they read in books. And her daughter literally says, you tell us not to believe things that we read in books, but then say to believe everything in the Bible. <laughs> Which is a book. Oh my God. Amazing. Written by men. Written by men. And then right. also something that I, I don't really know how to eloquently say this or get my thoughts across, but you have them read the Bible because you want them to learn it and love it. And then she also has them recite Bible verses as punishment. Do you not see the cognitive dissonance there? No, religious people don't. And that's, which I agree. And I'm not saying, again, I am not saying all religious people. I do not ever intend on shitting on all religious people as like a blanket statement because the some people I love most in this world are incredibly religious, including my mother, by the way, who brought me up religious. Her intention was never to hurt me with religion. It's not like I'm painting her as the same character as this woman because I think a lot of what she did, I think Hell House was a regret. Mm -hmm. of my church which I think is why we didn't go back never to my knowledge <laughs> um yeah because there were younger kids than me that went that's really sad by oh the way God. I think it was only one grade younger than me that went but that was sixth I was in seventh so that would have been sixth grade which was still technically elementary school in my district so you know take that as you will and then reading that article brought back the fact that there were demons following you around. <laughs> so, and big sirens blazing. I mean, it was just an assault on all your senses in the most horrific negative ways. But, you know, the fact that you will use it as both uplifting and punishment, that should be kind of an indication that maybe there's some things that you should be thinking about critically. Yeah, I mean, it's no different than fucking Carrie. With her mother making her recite stuff and being locked in a closet and praying to this, you know, statue. Mm -hmm. But you expect her to be a good Christian girl still? No. If you, you cannot pray to something out of fear. Exactly. In my opinion. Like, it, you cannot preach unconditional love and also wrath. Like, it doesn't. Is it unconditional love? Because it sounds like it's just narcissism to me. Like you. Yeah. I'm sorry, but like, it's not that unconditional because look at all these conditions. Exactly. Exactly. I love you so much as long as you follow my religion and you don't aren't gay and you don't have an abortion and you don't, you know, slit your wrists. No. God just then, sounds then you don't love you know, you have yeah. to do what I say in my way, but I love you unconditionally except for these conditions. And it's like, exactly. That's what scared me. And that's what made me start really at such a young age. Like, and that's what like, oh, this movie really like, it was really good. But especially when I saw an extremely devout religious mother and I was like, oh, God. <laughs> here we go. And, you know, that's one of the things I love so much about horror, though, in general is because it speaks to me a lot and and when it brings up a lot of those religious things that's one of the things that scares me so much about a lot of these movies is because a lot of it's yes 
stretched a lot. But it also brings into question a lot of those things that I question a lot. And it kind of offers, even if it's just a question, they're really good questions to think about. And Mm -hmm. I, I enjoy that, even if it's kind of scary, you know. Right. So, yeah, but I, I did enjoy this quite a bit. So Good. That makes me really happy. Yeah. Well, thank you for hanging out with my trauma. Um, you can hang out with us on all of our socials. Uh, Facebook and Instagram are The Extra Sisters Podcast. And Twitter is at The Extra Sisters. You can hang out with us on our Patreon at The Extra Sisters Podcast over there. And, yeah, we do have some extra fun little content stuff over there. So go check it out. And, oh, my God, we're heading into October. This was our last episode of September, heading into official spooky season and our crazy October month. So next time, once you see him, nothing can save you. Until then, stay creepy. Bye.